0: Note, if you would, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. We're talking about the value of Bible study. Here's what Paul said. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Some translations say study to show yourselves approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In light of what Paul said here. And the emphasis on study, I want to encourage all of us over the next few months to really try to ramp up our study of the Bible. There are three reasons why I believe Bible study is imperative, why it's so important. Number one, studying ultimately shapes or steers us in life. You think about 66 books in the Bible, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And this is quite a production, penned over a period of about 1,500 years by some 40 different inspired writers. And there's a catalog of information in here, and there's so much to learn. The Bible in Isaiah chapter 34 Isaiah said, Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. Paul said, study. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39, search the scriptures. You remember the Bereans of old. They were commended because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether the things that they heard were so. And so it's important for us to cultivate faith. And you think about trying to shape your life, to mold it into the image of Christ, to mold it after the attributes or the characteristics that God sets forth in Scripture. And so as we think about studying will shape or steer us in life, a couple of things here. First, studying reveals unto us the person who saves. Think about all the great historical characters down through time. And there have been a lot of prominent individuals. Many of us have studied about certain individuals in history class it might be from a world perspective it might be from the vantage point of American history what other person do you know has had the impact on the human family that Jesus has not a single soul so how do you know anything about Jesus understand that there are historical records about Jesus but how do you know about his character his attributes his nature How do you know what God has to say about him? Well, you have to study the scriptures, don't you? Now, there are a lot of folks that you might neglect studying about in our world from a historical standpoint. But you can't afford not to study and learn about Jesus. Why? Because he is the very one who came to save us from sin. You remember what? The angel said to Joseph in a dream many, many years ago, he said, speaking of Mary, she shall bring forth a son, you'll call his name Jesus, and it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Jesus himself said that he came to seek and to save the lost. Now, there are a lot of folks that we can neglect in our studies, but we need to be studying about Jesus. We need to know something about him. After all, we're supposed to be like him. Paul would say in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So developing the mind of Christ and remembering that our salvation is linked to Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to save us from sin. and Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Luke said, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so studying the scriptures reveals unto us something about the nature of Jesus. We read about his great love. And Jesus talked about that in John 15, 13. We read about his holy character in Hebrews chapter 7. We can read about his compassion, for example, in Mark chapter 1 over and over again, we are introduced to the character, to the nature of Jesus. And then I think about studying the Bible, not only reveals unto us the person who saves, but it reveals the plan to save. When you begin looking at what the Bible has to say about salvation, it's really not that complex, is it? As a matter of fact, God wants people to be saved. God's interested in the human family. The Bible says God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So if I don't study the scriptures, then how am I going to be saved? Well, the fact of the matter is I'm not going to be saved. If I don't study the scriptures, how am I going to know anything about the one who has the power, the ability to save? And so I've got to spend time studying about the Lord. Studying about his will, his plan. Well, what about his plan? When we talk about studying the Bible and the fact that there are a lot of folks that will take what somebody says, biblically speaking, and they'll take it as truth without ever investigating what the Bible has to say. That's a sad commentary on modern man. Because we're talking about the eternal salvation of our soul. So I don't want to just put my soul in the hands of somebody else. I want to make sure that what I believe matches up with what this book says. Well, how am I going to know that if I don't study this book? And yet I can read in this book where Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, that is, unless you believe that I'm the divine son of God, you'll die in your sins. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot come. And so I become convinced of the fact that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be, the Son of God. In Matthew 16, when Jesus asked what people were saying about his identity, and they said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist, some, Jeremiah, some, Elijah, one of the prophets. Then Jesus wanted to know, but whom do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so to make absolutely crystal clear in our minds that this is the son of God so my faith is in him you remember what Paul said I know whom I have believed Paul was that certain about the Christ and then we're willing to repent of our sins why because that's what the Bible says on Pentecost day which Acts chapter 2 is a template for salvation isn't it in the second chapter of Acts When those people were convicted in their hearts by Peter and the other apostles preaching the gospel, and they cried out and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. So I I can check that off. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe I need to repent of my sins. And then I would be willing to confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. Jesus is the Son of God, just like the eunuch did in Acts chapter 8, verse 37. If I've done that, I can check that off. And then I am baptized into Christ. Well, why? So that my sins can be washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. If I have done that, then I can check that off. You see, studying the scriptures reinforces our faith, doesn't it? And we talk about how faith is obtained. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And so... Studying reveals unto us the person who saves, the plan to save, and then the promises to the saved. In 2 Peter chapter 1, in verses 3 and 4, Peter said that God has given unto us many or great and precious promises. Sometimes we talk about there are certain facts that must be believed. We talked about one just a moment ago, that Jesus is the Son of God. That's a fact. Do we have to believe it? Yes, we do. And then there are commands that must be obeyed, our salvation. Remember, in the long ago, the question was asked, what must I do to be saved? Well, God has a plan. And if we comply with that plan, then we'll be among the saved. And then there are promises to be enjoyed. Think about all the great promises that are outlined in Scripture. Peter talks about those exceedingly great and precious promises Did you know that as a child of God, we have the hope of heaven? Before Jesus went back to heaven to be with God the Father, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. As a child of God, Peter said we have an inheritance. Now, you think about studying the scriptures. And every day that we live here on planet earth, we, grow, we go one step, we get one step closer to eternity, don't we? And as we grow older in life, and from the vantage point of Paul, when he talks about the outward man perishing, and yet the inward man being renewed day by day, to think that, look, When this life ends, there's something far better for me. How do I know that? Because I've read about it, I've studied about it. I've prayed about it, and I believe it. And so, the great promises that we have. Paul said that we, that is, children of God, live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. And so, studying the scriptures helps to shape our lives it helps to steer us in this life the psalmist many many years ago said your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light under my pathway many of us use gps and it's encouraging to know that we have a gadget that will get us from point a to point b and we can get there without any hitches by the same token we have a gps it's called the bible and the beauty of this book is it can get us from planet earth to heaven safely. Do you remember the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the church at Philippi? Talked about those who were minding earthly things. In contrast to that mindset, he said, but our mindset is where? It's in heaven. He said, whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so to know that we are heaven bound. There's a second thing I want you to see as we think about studying the scriptures it happens all right trying to get my thoughts back we think about studying the scriptures and the fact that it helps to shape or steer us in life but there's a second important thing associated with study and that is it has the ability to strengthen us in life doesn't it there's a lot to be said for being physically strong and sometimes as people grow older in life physically they're not what they once were and in a very candid way they will admit that and paul made reference to that the passage i cited a moment ago second corinthians chapter four where he talked about the outward man perishing. And all he's saying is that the human body, over time, begins to deteriorate, doesn't it? It's called aging. It happens to all of us. But he said the inward man is renewed day by day. So what Paul is saying is, look, here is somebody who, physically speaking, isn't as robust. They're not as strong and sturdy as they once were. Maybe they don't run as fast as they used to. Maybe they can't lift like they once did. But spiritually speaking, man, they are strong. They are as strong as Samson was physically. Well, how does that happen? It doesn't happen by accident, does it? It happens by studying. Do you remember the psalmist of old said he meditated on the law of Jehovah day and night? I think about people that are burning the midnight coal. And they're studying the scriptures. When they get up in the morning, they read a few passages. When they go to bed at night, what are they doing? They're reading scripture. Why? Because they're trying to learn and they're trying to grow. You see, studying the scriptures equips us in the faith, doesn't it? Do you remember when Peter talked about in the long ago, when he talked about becoming a new Christian In 1 Peter 2, verse 2, he said, as a newborn babe, or as a newborn baby, he said, desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That you might grow thereby. There's a correlation in our study or meditation of the truth of God and our spiritual growth. And that's what he's saying. Just like an infant, nurses on milk, a newborn Christian, nurses on the word. And they are learning, as we would say, the ABCs of Christianity. And so they're feeding on milk, and then over a period of time, what happens? They get to a point where they can digest solid food. The Hebrew writer talks about that in Hebrews chapter 5. And he said one of the byproducts of knowing the scriptures is that it enables people to discern between good and evil. So that's what we mean when we talk about equipping ourselves in the faith. I'm equipped so that I can make a decision. This is right, this is wrong. This is good, this is bad. This is truth, this is error. Well, how do I know that? Because I've been studying the scriptures. And so it equips us. You remember in 2 Timothy chapter 3, when Paul said every scripture inspired of God, listen to him, is profitable. All scripture inspired of God it's profitable. It will profit us in the faith. Now, in 2 Peter 3, verse 18, Peter said, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So one of the ways that I grow, I spend time in this book. Do you remember the apostles? They had the opportunity to spend, what, some three and a half years with Jesus? And they got to see Jesus up close and personal. They listened to him. And you think about all those great messages that they heard over that span of time. And then the miracles that were performed before them. And yet, they would say, Lord, increase our faith. It ought to be our objective to grow in faith. To grow in knowledge. And the only way that I know to do that, just spend time in the book. Spend time in the Bible. And so, studying. It equips us in the faith. But it also does another thing, and that is it equips us for the fight. You see, we are involved in spiritual warfare. It's not easy living a Christian life. Matter of fact, I got a text this afternoon from someone who talked about how difficult it is to live a Christian life. It's tough. I know it's tough. And so... It is a daily battle, isn't it? Do you remember what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 when he talked about waging a good warfare? Or in 1 Timothy chapter 6 when he said fight the good fight of faith? We're involved in spiritual warfare, aren't we? We are at war. We're fighting. The one we're fighting is an adversary. He's called the devil. And Peter said he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour But Peter said, withstand him steadfast in the faith. Notice if you would what he said. He said, you withstand him steadfast, how? In the faith. Is it possible for me to take God's word and defend myself? Do you remember in Ephesians chapter 6 when Paul said, Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The schemes of the devil. In verse 17, he said, You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So as a soldier in the Lord's army, I've got my sword at my side. Now think about Jesus during his personal ministry. Here is Jesus being confronted by the devil. The devil comes to him and he says, Look, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, It is written. So here's the Son of God, and we're supposed to pattern our lives after Jesus. Remember what Peter said? He left us an example that we should follow in his steps. So here's Jesus. He's doing battle with the devil, and how is he defending himself? He is quoting Scripture. So we talk about studying Scripture, and we talk about trying to take the Word of God and put it in our heart. Well, why? Because it equips us for the fight. It helps us to defend ourselves against the devil. And the only way that we can be equipped is to study and to study and to keep studying. I used to listen to a teacher of the Bible for a long period of time. I had the opportunity to listen to him and take notes. Great Bible student. Studied the Bible about six hours every day. And over over the course of time, when you listen to somebody like that, you come to understand, you know what, they know the Bible. And I think about the advantages that we have to knowing the Scriptures. We're not left defenseless if we know Scripture. If we don't know the Scriptures, we're in a lot of trouble. There's a third thing I want to share with you. A third byproduct of studying Scripture. And that is the Scripture's... Studying the scriptures will support us. You ever need support in life? You ever feel like it's just you against the world? That you're out here all alone and you're trying to live a Christian life and you don't get any help from those in your home? You don't get any help from those that you work with or those you go to school with? So you're out here kind of like on an island by yourself. Well, to remember that studying the scriptures puts you in contact with people of the past that were strong at times in the heat of battle, and yet they were strong and they were supported by God. Let me just give you some names that come to mind. Some of the names that I jotted down as I thought about this lesson. People like Joseph. Don't you think Joseph, having been sold into Egypt by his brothers, don't you think he needed the Lord's help, the Lord's support? What about Elijah? You remember Elijah had that great victory on Mount Carmel? 450 prophets of Baal put to death. And then before you know it, here's Jezebel, the queen, the wife of King Ahab. And she sends word to him and tells him, look, I'm going to take your life. And so here is, has a, or rather here is Elijah on the run. Fleeing for his life. Became so despondent he wanted to die. What about David? David anointed by Samuel as the successor to King Saul. How'd that go for him? You remember Saul's attitude? Saul tried to kill him, didn't he? And then a little bit later what happened to David? You remember his own son Absalom tried to steal the kingdom from him. And so you look at all of these adversities, these difficulties that he faced in life, and you ask yourself, did he need God's support? Yes, he did. What about about Joshua? Joshua was was the successor to Moses. Here he is, challenged with taking the people of God into the promised land. What an awesome responsibility. And yet, didn't he need some help from God? Didn't he need God's support? Yes, he did. What about the Apostle Paul? You think Paul ever needed God's help, God's support? Yes, he did. I want to do something tonight. I want to just share with you some scriptures very quickly. When we talk about the support that we can find in God, and we talk about studying, and we talk about the importance of the support that we gain from God. Let me just call attention to some passages. You might want to write them down. You might want to underline them. Let me begin by looking at Psalm 56 very quickly. In Psalm 56, 9, David is doing battle with the Philistines. And David talks about his enemies who are hounding him all day. He said, There are many who fight against me, O Most High, speaking to God. In verse 3, he said, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. He said, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Now drop down, look at verse 9. In verse 9, here's what he said, and I would underline this if it were me. He said, This I know, because God is for me. When you study the scriptures, one of the things that you learn is that there is a God in heaven who will support you. And so. David here learned that the Lord was with him. Do you remember in Psalm 23, David said, Look, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? He said, because you are with me. Look at Psalm 57 very quickly. Psalm 57, 1, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. In the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities be passed. David here simply saying, look, when the storms are raging outside and my life is literally turned upside down, I'm going to find refuge in God. Let me give you another passage. Look at Psalm 46. Psalm 46.1. Here's what the psalmist said. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Notice if you would what he says. A very present help in trouble. He said, therefore, in light of the fact that God is our refuge and strength, he said, we will not fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. The world is faced with upheaval and things are out of control and yet the psalmist here says, look, God is my refuge. Two times in this chapter, the psalmist said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Turn very quickly to Philippians chapter 4. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. In verse 6, Paul said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Are you filled with anxiety and trial and trouble in life? Do you need the support that can come from a loving God in heaven? The answer is yes. Studying makes it abundantly clear that we can turn to God for refuge. We can turn to God in prayer for encouragement. As a matter of fact, Paul said we can pray to God and we can expect the peace that passes all understanding. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the writer said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when in time of need. Again, we talk about being supported by God studying brings us face-to-face with scriptures that encourage us in what way? Reminding us that God is a refuge, that God is our source of strength, that God is for us, that we can trust Him, reminding us that we can pray to Him, reminding that we can go before His throne expecting, expecting mercy and help in time of need. And then one other verse very quickly. Look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Listen to what Peter said. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I would encourage you over the next few days, go back and read these verses. Read them in their context. And when you have tough times and when you feel like you need support, you need somebody that will be there for you, read these verses. Make a notation of them. There are verses that are intended to bless us. I mean, all, of, all the scriptures are intended to bless us. But depending on where we are in life and what's going on in life, there are certain verses that really help us, really encourage us. And so the value of studying scripture, I can tell you what, you'll never regret spending time studying the scriptures. But you will regret one day, not having spent enough time studying the Scriptures. Studying the Scriptures brings us face-to-face with God. It helps us to draw closer to Him. It helps us to live in such a way so that one day He'll say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we always want to encourage those who might be here who have never obeyed the gospel to do that. What would you need to do? Well, Believe Jesus to be the Son of God. Repent of your sins. Confess His name. Be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away. Acts 22, 16. And then be faithful. Is it tough living a Christian life? Sometimes, yes. But the assurance is that if we're faithful until death, the crown of life awaits us. Revelation two ten. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move, Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.